Our youngest son, Blaine, had his, uh, the, the last uh, basketball game of his college season uh, yesterday uh, with Drew. Sarah and I, as we always did do when we're not, can't be there, watched it live stream on the computer. And as Sarah can tell you, uh, sometimes it's hard for me not to share my opinions. Uh, uh, you know, since Blaine was little, I have uh, coached him in various teams, and so um, it, for some reason that is hard to keep to myself. Um, I uh, remember when he was, and Sarah really enjoys it, I'll mention that too, that's uh, a pleasure she can tell you. Uh, I would say things to her, him when he was little, seven or eight or so, I'd say, you know, you have to let yourself let the ball be an extension of yourself. You have to see the ball right into the net. I said that thing, that, you know, that, that phrase that you've probably heard in sports before. You have to be the ball. Now, when I used to say that to him when he was seven or eight, he would look at me with, that, with a smile on his face, you know, with that sort of, okay, Dad, uh, sure. Uh, now, if he could have heard me yesterday, I'm pretty sure he would still look at me with that face saying, okay, Dad, sure. I thought about that yesterday because it's the same image, that same expression that he used to give to me is the same sort of expression that I believe the woman at the well had when Jesus is talking to her in our gospel lesson this morning from the fourth chapter of John. She is just not getting that intimate connection that Jesus is saying exists between God and her. She wants to confine her connection with God to a place while Jesus is trying to get across to her and, and trying to get across to us that God meets us and comes alive right where we are right in the everyday human events of our life. Christ is saying, here I am right next to you with, with you not only up on the mountaintop, as Jesus says in our scripture passage, not only in the temple, not only in church, but wherever you are. We are invited to be God's people, to be the church, not just on Sunday mornings for an hour or so, but to feel the spirit and the truth of God run through our lives all 168 hours of the week. I, I think I did the math right. You can check me. 168 hours of the week. And to let people see that through us like I share with the children this morning. It's like how Thomas Edison uh, uh, defined success. 1% inspiration 99% perspiration, right? Uh, these Sunday mornings, one hour or so out of the 168 hours of the week, less than 1%, and maybe you could say less than 1% of inspiration as well, but less than 1% of the whole week. But we have 99%. More than 99% of the week left to do the work of God. 
And in that 99%, we have to find inspiration as well. We have to find the Spirit welling up inside us. We need to be about the church 100% of our week. You know, I remember uh, a story my father told about a time when he was on a pulpit exchange in Scotland. Actually, our whole family, for almost a whole summer, spent a summer in Scotland. Uh, my father was a pastor, if you didn't know. He, a summer in Scotland. He was uh, there pastoring a church in Scotland, and uh, the pastor there came here. Now, in Scotland, he told the story about how the clergy there wore collars, you know, uh, clergy collars. And so, because he wanted to, you know, be kind of connect to the people, he wore a collar. And he told the story about how he would also oftentimes be walking around in the course of his day, and all of a sudden, people would come up to him and ask him for counsel and ask him advice, and he'd always think, why, how do they even know, how do they know, why are these people coming to me? And of course, it was the collar. It identified him. We can't forget about who we are and what we're called to be about the rest of our week. We might not have callers, but people need to see who we are, especially in our world today. Paul, in this first letter to the Corinthians in the third chapter, says we are God's temple. That, that God can't be contained in any church built by hands, but lives in the world through God's people. Now, sometimes we think about we are temples of God. We think about that in the physical sense. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to nurture ourselves, nourish ourselves in the right way, be healthy people. It's the same way, not only in body, but in mind and in spirit as well. We need to be about that temple that we carry around with us that is us, that does not exist just in this place, but is who we are, what it means to be who we are. God does not just finish speaking with the last page of this Bible. God does not only speak within this church or within the, within the building of any faith community. God speaks through you. You are, in a real way, the living, breathing, walking around good news of great joy, of great hope, of peace and justice, exuding Word of God. That's who you are. You are the Word of God. You are the living Word of God in the way that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And without bringing all of it, all of who you are, into the rest of your lives, real change will never happen outside this place. It might be nice to have us speak about these things, think about these things that need to change in our world, reflect on these things. But unless we are the church outside the church, real change will not help and happen outside the church. You know, last week in adult form, Graham Kelder brought up how both Gandhi and Martin Luther King used sort of as a source document in their very lives and look to, oftentimes in their life, Leo Tolstoy's book, The Kingdom of God is Within You, in the way that they brought their faith into their lives, in the way that they uh, began to uh, uh, start their path on uh, nonviolent resistance, 
They used this book. They both had read this book. Tolstoy wrote how the Christian was subject only to the inner divine law. And so when external law or policy or practice or executive order is inconsistent with that divine law, then a person, to quote Tolstoy, not only cannot carry out the enactment of the external law, but they have to work against it. A reminder that we have within us the kingdom of God. More important than any other political or other thing that might attempt to govern our lives. But what a job that is to be the church 24-7. If you're like me, you can feel the weightiness of that. We talk about the church being the body of Christ. Other places in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that we all have a place within the body of Christ. We all have, can be a part of the body of Christ. And that's an important thing to remember, that we, each of us, might focus on different things that allow the body of Christ, allow the church to come alive outside this place. Some of us might be, in advocacy, be involved in advocacy. Some of us might choose different aspects of advocacy. Some of us might be focusing simply on building the community, being the loving and hopeful people we're called to be. We need all of that. And we need to be careful that when someone's involved in this part of the body of Christ, focusing on this part of the body of Christ, we might be focused or concerned about letting our self come alive in this other way. Should remember, we need it all. We need it all to allow the church to be the church outside this place. You have to decide what is truly inside you. Actually, more appropriately, you have to discover, you have to, in a way, unmine what is truly inside you because there is a richness that is everlasting. This is the gospel message. This is the message that moved Gandhi and to be honest, move Martin Luther King Jr., move people of faith always to stand up for what they believe in, to act out in the way they believe in, to love in the way they believe, no matter what the world might say. It's our job within this place simply and powerfully to encourage you outside of this place to keep searching and keep looking to bring that living God up to the surface in your everyday life. What does that mean for you? Only you can answer that. Others cannot answer it for you. And we will celebrate the, an the way you answer that, even if it's different than the way I answer that. The kingdom of God is within you. How do you discover what's there and bring it to its potential? It's like a story I read. I read a lot of history, and I love the story, a true story, of, obviously, of Henry Comstock. You've probably heard of the Comstock mine in the history of time, perhaps. If not, Google it. Henry Comstock was a miner in the mid-1800s, and uh, he staked a claim in, I think it's Nevada. He dug... And he dug, 
Finally found a little ore, but somehow he knew and he believed there must be the mother load there. He worked and he dug, but soon the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months and the months turned into years. And finally, in 1859, someone offered him a little bit of money to sell his claim and, and he sold it thinking it's useless. And then the people who bought that mine dug a little bit deeper, not very much deeper, just a few feet deeper. And there it was, the mother load. Hundreds of millions of dollars came out of that Comstock mine before it was done. What is the possibility that God puts before us if we can persevere and we can commit ourselves as individuals and as a church, not just in the short-term commitment of a Sunday morning, but to a life filled with sharing God's love throughout the week. At times, we might feel like what we do is useless. But maybe if we dig just a little bit deeper, if we seek within ourselves a little more deeper. Because it's going to require us as, as we find, where we find ourselves as a society today is going to, as a country today, is going to take our full commitment. It's going to require us to dig a little bit deeper. Don't just go to church. Remind those people who went by our sign this, during this week with a sign that said, don't go to church, who took selfies in front of it. Don't go to church. There was a, lot of, there was a number of people who went by our sign. I saw them taking selfies with this, this sign that said, don't go to church. Oh, the church says, don't go to church. That's funny. Don't just go to church. Be the church. So those people, whether they ever set foot inside this place, will know the power of a living God, the hope and the love and the vision that God has for our lives and for our world because they see it within you. You carry it with you. Don't just go to church. Be the church, leaving this time of worship not only satisfied for the week, but energized knowing that this is just the beginning of your week, of worshiping and of loving and of being the church. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us as we go through our weeks to sense that foundation, that firm foundation upon which we build our lives. Let us be a channel of your peace and of your hope and of your love, of faithfulness in the midst of frustration. Help us, help ourselves and, our, and others to dig a little deeper, to go a little further, to listen more lovingly, to hold on a little more 
stronger. To be taken by you into that future you hold if we're willing to hold on to it as well. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's sing together on page 2171 of your Faith We Sing hymnal, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace.